Hey everybody, what's up, man? This is Dr. Grass with the episode of Growing with Grassy Podcast, aka the Dentist CEO, and I'm with my dear friend, Dr. Richard Mezian. I had the privilege of working with Dr. Mezian in my practice. He's an amazing human being, amazing person, a great dentist. Uh, but hey, Doc, enough for me trying to tell a little bit about yourself. Tell me, tell me a little bit. Let me tell you a different question. How did you really get into dentistry? What made you come into the dental field? Um, you know, for me, man, I was always um I was always pre-med. And I always love like, you know, medicine, human body and stuff like that. And then um, one day I shadowed another dentist and I learned some more about it. And then like, I realized like I wanted more, more of the entrepreneurial side of, um, of medicine because medicine has a lot of like, you know, you're working a lot more hours, you're doing your residency, you're kind of locked away for a while versus dentistry has a lot of entrepreneurialism to it. So I kind of like that a lot as well as being able to have enough time to like raise a family and have kids, just more of a flexible life. So I ended up going dental route instead and uh, I'm happy I did, you know, other than the massive amount of student debt, I uh, enjoy it. <laughs> For sure. And we know about student debt. Um, <laughs> hey, before you met me, like before you came to my yeah. practice, um, tell me a little bit what you thought about dentistry versus maybe what you think about it now. Like, <laughs> how did I, it's, yeah. a two, it's a two part question. Yeah. What did you think of dentistry beforehand? And then how did, how did I help you either change your mind or recreate the Dr. Mezzi today? So. Like before I got in, I, I I can't even say I had expectations. I didn't know. You know, I get out of school and I'm like, you know, I'm going on like, like a little fish, like in a big sea of sharks, you know, and I go to work and I'm just trying to like learn how does how does this machine work? Um, so you're just trying to adapt and think how, how like you learn that, you know, there's a business side to it. There's a patient side to it. There's a psychological side to it. There's everything to it. And um, so I was just absorbing. Luckily, I met Grassi um, early on in my career, actually probably like maybe two weeks after being a dentist. Um, so once I kind of started soaking some stuff up, then like my sponge kind of opened up and I met this guy. And um, so basically when I met Grassi, is when I started to learn like how to construct dentistry as a business. Obviously, you're you're treating patients for, for their health and you care about them and this and that, but there's sales side to it. There's a side to them. They got to teach patients about how they want to come back, why they want you, the customer service of this business, just like all of medicine is. So I learned a lot about that. Learned a lot about how to keep people happy, your staff happy. Um, learned a lot about how to lead a group of, you know, let's say you have a staff of five, 10 people, whatever, because it's so easy for people to get complacent. People are getting paid by the hour, usually in our field. And if you don't find a way to make them want to do more, then it's just a normal job. They're going to come in and out and call it a day. So I've learned a lot more outside of just the clinic, right? You learn about the really important part that you don't get taught, how to manage people, how to manage people, how to um, how to relate to people, the psychology of people, not only your staff, but your patients. So that was the biggest thing I picked up. Clinical side, you know, like you have a whole lifetime to keep learning that. But the people and how to learn that ease like early on is uh, it's a big advantage because it's really all about people skills, the whole career for anyone. And I think any job in the world is about people skills. And it's about how to manage the people around you to make you better and how to manage the people you're dealing with to set their expectations up right, give them a great product and hopefully make them happen. So, I mean, obviously we both went into medical, we both wanted to be in medical school. We picked dentistry, which, which was a good, I mean, I'm, I'm, my story is very similar to you. Just want to be more of a nine to five job. Well, I didn't realize, I thought it was a nine to five job, but, <laughs> but, but just really wanted to control my schedule, have the autonomy to do that. But yeah, tell me something, maybe even outside of the, the psychological thing, something that maybe met what 
Dental school taught you is totally polar opposite of what it is in the real life. Like, tell me something that dental school might have taught you that's polar opposite. Um, you know, like in dental school, you learn how to treatment in a in a series of ways, right? And really, at the end of the day, dental school just teaches you the basic of how to not kill someone and how to just know the background on how to do something, right? So, once you get into the real world, you learn that it's way different. Especially like even working with Dr. Ross, you learn how to prioritize things in a better way. Um, and then also, we don't do anything really complex. So you learn when you come out here, you see a patient and all they have all this treatment. And then plus they have a surgery two weeks from now for like their, their knee replacement. They have something like this and that going on. So you learn how to prioritize things in a way that will help the patient out, become better overall, their overall health. And the right way to do it is where you're not burdening them and you're helping them out. So Dental school just it just teaches you like how to be a robot. Um, the real world teaches you how to actually connect with the person in front of you. So I, I just think that's a huge difference. Um, plus, like learning complexity of how to actually do multiple phases of treatment, not just do one thing, take another month, do another thing, take another month, do another thing. So you know, obviously, you know, I I had the privilege of you know meeting you when you were very young, and you have some high goals. But how do you think? You know, how do you think your mindset now has changed, you know, maybe being out almost a year and then also working with me? Like, how does your mindset with the discipline and goal setting, how does that change? Well, mindset changes because you you start thinking about like watching, you know, you at the office and, you know, you learn a lot from the staff you built. Right. Because your staff is obviously coached by you. So even when you're not there, I learned from the values you taught them. So. You learn that when a patient's here, if they have something wrong, like even if you're busy, you're having a bad day, try to find a way to get it done because that will make the patient feel like you actually care about them. They're not part of like an assembly line that's coming through your door. Um, other things with goals, like you, you learn, and I think the biggest thing is no one can do everything on their own. So you learn how to construct a team around you that can help you achieve your goals. And in the process, hopefully you help them achieve their goals too. So I learned a lot about how to work even better with others to make everyone rise together. And then you can actually further your goals and potentiate them a lot more than you think you would at first. So also I've learned about entrepreneurship because, you know, to, they, they just teach you in dental school how to be a dentist. Well, if you don't know how to run the business, you're going to shut down. Now you can't treat patients anyway. So you have to learn how to keep the lights on. And if you can keep the lights on, then you can actually treat people. Because if you can't keep the lights on, well, there you go. You just lost your whole, you just lost your ability to help the person in front of you. So, so tell me, tell me, I, I know you've been out a year, but tell me maybe one of the, 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 a major setback or even a minor setback that derailed you. And then how did, how did either watching me or watching other dentists, you know, how did it, how do we help you get out of it? Like, you know, I, I, can, I know one thing in instance, I'm not going to say it. I want, yeah. I saw you get a setback on that. We kind of obviously coach you through, but you've, yeah. we've all get major setbacks in dentistry. Yeah. Tell me one major setback you might've had or, and how, how you got out of it. You know, a major step, like, like there's, you know, there's a few setbacks in your first year, you're, you're going to have them. And if you don't have them, you're not going to grow the way you you're should. Not trading patients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not setting back, dude, especially early on where you can afford to make those mistakes and you're, you're not going to, you're not going to become the best you can be. And I still mess up to this day from time to time. You know, I know how to fix them. Thank God. But, um, you know, setbacks like with um, job wise and stuff like that, situations at work. I've had, I've been, I was part time for a little while in the year, but thank God, like working with Dr. Grassi, um, I was producing so much that it really didn't affect my life the way it could have been much worse. Um, 
other setbacks are like, um, you know, like like you you learn as a dentist, or you, you learn this on the fly, is that cases will keep you up at night if you learn how to let them. And that, besides anything I've been through in my first year of working, learning how to sleep at night by knowing I'm doing my best is the biggest thing I've learned how to overcome. Because my biggest setback was I'd go home, oh shit, you know, like I could have done something a little bit better or maybe I didn't do things the right way and I'm thinking about it nonstop and I can't sleep for a few days and it's not worth it because you know you're going to give your all the next time. You're going to learn how to get better at it and you have to learn how to have amnesia every day you come to work. So like it's hard to answer what's the biggest setback because the biggest, one of my biggest setbacks were being part-time for a little while, but my true mental setback was learning how at first not to become down by doing a bad job or can't say bad job doing a job that you know is not to your standard and the great beauty of it is if you learn how to surpass that you actually become better because you learn how to not let things ruin your day not let things ruin your mentality going to work and then you never give up and then you keep doing the same procedure again and again instead of referring and then you get better and um that's my long story no, that's, no it makes total sense <laughs> because i always try to tell you hey man Quit holding yourself to standards that other people hold yeah. themselves to. And, and that's just it. Like you always had to realize that um, what I love about dentistry, maybe it's my ADHD brain, is that you're always moving. And I guess what the next patient, no matter what setback you might have before, you got to answer the bell for the next one, right? And you just yep. got to have you got to have a short-term memory, man. Really, that's the that's way it. it is, right? Um, tell me a little bit about you, Doc, about maybe the next five to 10 years, how your goals might have changed from just getting out of dental school to now. I mean, where do you really see yourself in five to 10 years? You know, five to 10 years, um, I want to have um, a portfolio, whether that just be purely through stocks, which I have right now, which I don't want. I want to move on to other things else or in most like real estate. I want to have a bunch of assets. I want to have something that's paying me while I'm taking a nap on the couch on a Friday afternoon, you know, so whether that's through dentistry, which I think dentistry is turning towards a corporate model very soon in the future, or through just commercial real estate. Um, my goal is to be bigger than just the career that defines me, which obviously I have the title of doctor or dentist, but I want to do a lot outside of that because um, life's too short, man. <clears throat> you know, you can't just be tied into one thing. Dentistry is interesting. Dentistry keeps you moving. I feel like, but, you're, I feel like I'm, I'm Yoda and you're freaking Obi-Wan <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how, you know, it's funny how, Doc, you know, you obviously seeing what I've done and 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 know what your goals are. I mean, I can't believe how the kind of the universe aligned us up together. But yeah. if you're not an entrepreneur mindset dentist in this day and age, you're going to yeah. get swallowed up. So, I mean, you're obviously well on your path to crushing. And I hope you're way better than I could ever dream of. But um, how do you plan on maybe growing? Like you talked a little bit about portfolios, but what do you what do you think is your uh, strategy of growing your business mindset? What do you think you're going to do in the future? Growing, so growing business, and unfortunately, I know I have to fail somewhere, right? Um, I have to fail somewhere to keep learning how to get to the top. So, if I had to say my business mindset would be to start with something small, something small, like let's say I, let's say I went to real estate or like outside of dentistry, because um, dentistry is easy to talk about. We can talk about that all day. But if I want to challenge myself and I went to real estate, I would probably start with something like a duplex, tri-family home. Um, the numbers match up, buy it. Hopefully, I don't assume too much risk because they don't cost that much, especially as the market dwindles down in mid-2023, we hope. And start with that. And 
if I can learn how to do that without having someone manage the property for me, because I won't be able to afford that at the time, now I can move on to the next one and the next one, and then start at commercial at some point and move on to that. Um, if dentistry is part of that, of that, um, that entrepreneurship where I'm expanding into real estate, then that's great. You know, or like, um, you know, me, like, you know, Grassi, uh, Grassi, for example, built up an incredible practice and he did well selling it off. You know, like that's an awesome thing to do. There's so many different ways to get there. The, the, the blessing is I've talked to people who've done it, like AKA Dr. Grassi, and it makes your life easier trying to plan out how to do it when you've seen someone do it in front of you, especially someone who's had the life story Dr. Grassi had, you know, <clears throat> grew up, rough life, had to work third shift GM, all that stuff have kids while he's in school. And, um, you know, if he, if he did it, dude, you know, like obviously a very hardworking guy, right? Very hardworking guy. That means you can do it. The only thing that holds back from doing it is not wanting to work hard enough to do it. You know? Absolutely. So what do you think is, uh, what do you, what do you think from all that, you know, the time you work with me, still working with me, what do you think is the most important leadership lesson that I've ever trained you that, you, that I've taught you? Um, when, when shit gets rough, don't sit down at your desk. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Dude, I didn't realize I taught you that, but that's awesome. Yeah, because um, sometimes, dude, I have a rough day and I sit at my desk and, um, you know, I, I think about it at night and I've seen like, like we'll have like a morning huddle, right, with Dr. Grassi and the month will look like shit and uh, it gets better because um, there's no, there's no complacency in the day, right? You always try to find another way to elevate and elevate. And, and you have to learn how to hold people accountable. So if you have a staff that needs to do their job, you have to make sure you can't be too nice. You have to hold them accountable. Because if you don't hold them accountable, they're getting their hourly pay. That's it, you know. But if you hold people accountable and you continue to lead throughout the day and you don't give up on wanting to sit down, then you keep going, man. And then things turn out great. Your goals will get there as long as you don't stop when the light down the tunnel looks like it's shallowing up, you know. That's a great lesson. I think I didn't realize I taught you that, but that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> what skills, I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, is there any skill or anything that you've kind of leaned towards doing now since since you worked with me or since I've talked to um, you? A lot of endo. I uh, I remember um, <clears throat> I kind of jumped into molar endos when I first started. And usually like molar endo in dentistry is like a lot from new grads, it's very scary because you don't do them. And even a lot of older, older dentists, a lot of them don't even do them. They refer them. But so I started doing them. Because I had Dr. Grassi back there. If I, if I if I messed up, he's right there to come in and see what's going on. And he's came in on a few of my cases. Um, and thankfully, no matter how many times, like I used to have issues with lower molars uh, endo. Now I think they're super easy. I saw Dr. Grassi. I'm like lower molar endo is so fucking hard. Excuse my. Oh, excuse oh, me. You're okay. It's fine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. And, um, he's like, no, it's the easiest one you can do. And I'm like, no, dude, it's it's not. Like uppers are easier. Now I think lowers are easier. <laughs> and like I do them like that, you know. Okay. So, so I, I feel like endo is a big thing dentists are um, are worried about, but like I was worried about it. Now I love doing it, and I do them like all day. I do a few a week. So that's beautiful. See, see, you are learning, young Jedi. Don't try to refer, look at it. <laughs> Time is everybody's barrier. Try to do as much as you can in the office without referring them out. That's the trick, right? That's it. Dental school taught us the opposite. We got to stay in our lane, right? Whatever. Yeah. We're the super GPs. We're changing mindsets, changing people. That's um, it. Man. You kind of talked a little bit about endo, but what, what are some of the steps you're going to take, Dr. Mezzi's going to take to, to start keep improving himself so that he doesn't stay complacent? You talked about not staying complacent. You yeah. talked about kind of keep moving when the, the tunnel is <clears> a little <throat> bit of dark. What yeah. steps are you taking, Doc, every single day that maybe you could help another dentist take <clears throat> those steps? 
Well, the steps I take is first off, I look at your schedule all the time to see what <laughs> challenges you're doing. And then I saw like, for example, I think Dr. Rossi this week or next week is doing like a big full mouth implant with bone graft case. So I look at that. I'm like, all right, like, dude, I need to do that too. So I look at that. I think of how I'm going to get there because conversations are one thing. You have to actually start trying to do it to get there. Um, so I kind of learn of, I try to think of new ways of how I'm going to get there, either through CE courses to start or when I'm actually going to place my first case. And the more and more I learn and the more I mess up, the more stories I have for the next guy, right? Or the next girl that comes in the, uh, the career. So now when people call me and ask me for advice, hey, I know a thing or two. I, I, can, I can help them out. And I've learned, the one thing I've learned for teaching the next person, when I work with Dr. Grassi, usually when you go into a dental office, every doctor has their own patients. Um, like let's say like Dr. So-and-so did an exam on this patient, that's their patient forever, right? And usually it becomes a little bit territorial. That's one thing I learned. Then when I worked with Dr. Grassi, like there was no territories. Dr. Grassi was like, all right, if I dream plan it, who cares? Go do it. So we always just, we go to the office and wherever patients are from us, we just treat it. And that's what helped me grow because I didn't have anything holding me back. I didn't have to compete for patients with you know, a few other doctors all the time, which is understandable. It's normal in people's offices, but I didn't have to do that with him, which kept me busy, which kept me challenged. And I learned how to become a better dentist a lot faster. So now in the future, if I ever have anyone with me, I would never like look at them and say, all right, like I treat plan that crown. Like, what are you doing? I'll say, dude, go ahead and do it. I'm happy you're doing it. You know, I love someone to learn because that's how I got in in a very unselfish way from my mentor. And I would love to do that to someone else because at the end of the day, like you you will still grow letting someone else grow next to you. You can't be afraid to let the person next to you have some work and grow because you're going to find your way. And trust me, the, the, the practice will speed up just like that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it, it, you know, it goes back to even the mindset, right? People have a scarcity <laughs> mindset versus an abundance. Yeah. The, the biggest thing, if you're going to talk the talk, the walk, the walk, you talk about the, the tunnel that's a little bit dark. The reason why I don't get, I mean, I get my, I might light people up, you know, a buddy of mine, Richie Dolan, which you know, always said high tolerance, low performance, low tolerance, high performance, right? The more stuff you tolerate in life, obviously the less results you're going to get. The lower you tolerate, the better results. But yeah. the reason why I even doc with you, the, I love that you picked up on that is because First of all, we're serving patients and we're in this field to serve patients. I'm also serving you. I feel like if I withheld information, <clears throat> I know 20 years into this, then I'm, st I'm, I'm stunting your growth. When at the end of the day, we're here to, I've told you this a thousand times, I'll tell you it a thousand and one time. If you become better than I could ever dream of, then I was successful, right? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I hope you pass it on because the people that don't do that believe in a scarcity mindset, like there's yeah. just not enough patience versus abundance. But hey, man. Um, what do you think are your maybe your greatest strengths versus your weaknesses? Like if doctor, if somebody want to reach out to Dr. Mazzi, if you want to tell the world about you, because this is about not only you know me serving you, but you you becoming yeah. the coming out part of Richard Mazzi, because you're Dr. McDrewley and I'm just Dr. <laughs> McSomebody. But but uh, he's the most handsome dentist in the world, trust me. Uh, but what I are some of your strengths, bro? What, what are some of your strengths, man? Strengths, you know, my my biggest strength is the ability to talk to someone else and make them happy. Like, not necessarily like, like make them feel like, oh my God, like I, I'm having the best day of my life. But I've never seen a patient in a bad mood that I couldn't transform their day. I just couldn't. Like, I always know how to say exactly what they want to say. I mean, exactly what they'd want to hear. Um, and in and, and the correct way. I'll never tell them something that's unrealistic. If they come in, they have like a bombed out too. I'm like, dude, it's bombed out. Like nothing we can do about it. But I'll find a way to make them laugh and right. find a way to, to make it better. So I think, I think I'm strong clinically, but I think my best strength is people. I know how to interact with people. 
my weakness is still there's times where I um <clears throat> where I'll stay up at night thinking about a case that I know I did my best on, but things didn't go well, or sometimes my communication is not perfect, like with the people around me. Um, I think that I think that's my weakness within my family too. I have poor communication sometimes. Um, I think I'm better at communicating with people that I don't know than people that I love the most. It's a, it's a very <laughs> odd sure. thing. You so, have different expectations, don't you? You get more grace. Isn't it funny how you get more grace for the people that we don't know versus yeah. the people we know? It's exactly. Yeah, know that. You should know that. What do you mean? You should just know that. I mean, you've never heard me do that, right? <laughs> yeah. okay, what do you mean? This is the yeah. dumbest question in the world. But anyway, um, no. so man, anything else, Doc? I mean, uh, anything else you'd like to add about anything before we? I yeah. I mean, you know, like it's been a it's been a journey, and um, you know, like, like my first year of, of dentistry, right? Because that's you know that's what I can relate to the most with Dr. Grassi in this in this setting of this podcast is um, it's been an up and down journey, and uh, you know things are going better, and um, you know, like you, I learned so much from you know watching you know not only Dr. Grassi, like my other people who have mentored me throughout, and um, you just learn perseverance. It's really easy to get down in your day, especially like when you care about the people you treat. If you're if you're if you don't do the best job in the world and you really care and you're thinking about it, you care about the patient and it can it can ruin your whole week. It can it can make you not want to do treatment on the next day on the next patient because you're scared to do the same thing again. Um, so I've learned how to not do that. And and thus in doing that, I actually was um, two months ago. I think I was second leading producer in the state behind Dr. Rossi. Because of course, Dr. Grassi is number one. <laughs> so for me, as a as a basically one year grad, I was able to produce enough to be ranked behind Dr. Grassi in the state. I don't know if I finished a month of that, but I was there for pretty much the whole month. Um, so I think that's a big a big thing that I accomplished for myself. And obviously, I want to do a lot more than that. But yeah, just you know, you never give up. You learn, and as long as you're willing to keep trying. Uh, you'll never hold yourself back. It's the second you get scared to try again is where you're you're complacent and that's it. You're not going to grow anymore. You know. You know it's so funny. I remember uh, you and I sitting in the in, in the office and talking on the phone, and you had a goal. And I'm I'm not going to put your goal on your podcast, but when uh, when you had that month, I don't know. I, I think I was happier than you. And I, I remember calling you and saying, "Bro, dude, you're crushing it. Yeah. Still won't beat me, but you're crushing it." I remember. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. What was so cool about that doc and I really, as a joke, I really don't care if you're number one in the state or not, but uh, it was cool to see your, your goals and things starting to turn around. Right. And you are now like, you're, you're taking the ball by the horns. I mean, one of the most attractive features about you as other than all the girls think you're the prettiest doctor in the world. (laughs) Um, And it's very frustrating to stand next to you sometimes, but other than that is, is just your, your willingness to learn, your willingness to, to take advice, your willingness to always constantly improve yourself um, your willingness to do whatever it takes. And a lot of that stems from just your family life and what how you grinded it out. But I mean, that's what's going to ultimately make you successful. You know, I love the the praise that sometimes you give me and I love all that. But at the end of the day, it takes a leader like you to just be humble enough to take advice from other people to excel themselves. And dude, I first of all, thank you for taking time out of your Monday. Thank you for, for having me. Day, bro. Like you're one of my favorite people in this world. I had to have you <laughs> on one of my podcasts, bro. Yeah, but, man. Much love to your fiance. Tell her what's up. Even though I say Dr. McDrewley, like no other girl can have you, man. Sorry, ladies. He's taken. It is what it is. But dude, 
Thank you. Yeah, I saw that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I saw that. You know how you're like an Italian culture. I had an engagement ring on my right hand too. See what happens? Yeah. We flip it. See. Right. It is what it is. In different cultures, we do different things. But hey, <laughs> girl, sorry, he's taken. Like you got to pull a number. I don't know. What, hopefully, you never have the issues. But <laughs> hey, Doc, thank you so much for sharing your money, dude. Much love, man. And I'll I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thank you. If I can finish off with one last quote. Yes, um, if you're not growing, you're dying. Doctor Bobby J. Grossi. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank we'll you. We'll talk soon, man. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks man. Buddy.